Good morning. This morning I woke up with a prompting from the Lord to share a story that honestly I've tried to share so many times and I've just never really been able to. It's a hard story, but it's a, it's an incredible story and um, it's a revelation of the Lord's mercy that has impacted my life forever. This happened back in April of 2021. And so it was already on my heart this morning. As soon as I woke up, just to share this story today, I felt like the Lord was going to give me just his supernatural strength to get through it. And I feel like there are ones that will hear this message today that the Lord will sovereignly draw them to hear this because it is his heart that we begin to comprehend the heights of his mercy. And so as I came into my prayer closet, one of the first things my eyes glanced at was this this word written over my, um, on the door of my prayer closet that says mercy. Um, and it was just a confirmation to me. And then I opened, uh, my Bible. I was looking at verses on mercy because I wanted to share some of those today. And I wrote several down, one of which being Psalm 103.11, higher than the highest heaven that's how high your tender mercy extends greater than the grandeur of heaven above is the greatness of your loyal love towering over all who fear you and bow down before you and i just felt inclined to open one of my devotionals. I don't read this every morning, but some mornings I do. And this morning I just felt prompted to open it. Um, and I didn't even open it to the right date. <laughs> but um, but the, the page that I turned to was perfect. Um, because literally the first sentence of this page, it begins by saying, here is sovereign divine mercy. It's the first, first words of this entry on this devotional, which divine mercy was exactly what I wanted to talk about today. So this was just yet another confirmation from the Lord. He's always speaking. So I want to begin by sharing how I came to know of the Lord's divine mercy. It began, um, like I said, back in April of 2021, so nearly a year ago. My mother-in-law happened to be at my house one day 
watching my children after school. And before she left my house, she said I, that she had left me a couple of books on my nightstand for me to read. And so that night, I went, when I was going to bed, I, I realized, oh yeah, the books are right there. So I saw the books. And sitting on top of the books was like one of the little Catholic prayer cards. And I'm not Catholic, so I, I was unfamiliar with this. I, I'd never really seen it before, or I didn't have any knowledge of what it was, but it was just a little card, and it was a picture of Jesus. And the picture had these two rays coming out of him, um, like these shining rays um, that look like blood and water. And at the bottom of the picture, it said, Jesus, I trust in you. And I thought this picture was beautiful. Um, I loved it. And so I just propped it up on my lamp facing my bed before I went to sleep. So I go to sleep. I wake up the next morning. And I get a text from um, one of my best friends. And she said that she had a dream that I was in that night. And in the dream, I was with her in an old church. And there was like this podium with this like glowing Bible or she thought it was a Bible but it was just like a glowing book or I don't I can't remember exactly but it was just like illuminated and in the dream she asked me a question and um, I don't know if it was like what is this or, or I don't remember what the question was but the only thing I said was Faustina and so she texted me that and she said, you know, you said Faustina in the dream. Do you know what that means? And I was like, I have no idea what that means. And neither did she. And so that morning I just Googled, what is Faustina? And I realized that Faustina is a Catholic saint. And so I began to read about her. And I read that she had an encounter with Jesus where she saw him like in a vision. He appeared to her and when she saw him, he had these two shining rays coming out of him like blood and water and in this encounter he explained to her that this was his mercy that poured out of him on the cross and he told her to have this image drawn and that it would spread throughout the world and to have the words, Jesus, I trust in you, written at the bottom. And as I realized this, as I read this, as I saw this picture in the article, this exact picture of Jesus, I literally dropped my phone because that was the exact 
image of Jesus on that little prayer card that I had just propped up by my bed the night before. Complete with the words, Jesus, I trust in you. I learned that this was the image of divine mercy and that the Lord used St. Faustina to have this image drawn and it has in fact spread throughout the world. I was blown away by this at how the Lord orchestrated this in my life for this card to appear um, so randomly for my dream, my, my friend to have this dream, Faustina, that basically explained to me what this image was. And so I knew that the Lord was calling me to pray for mercy. And several of my friends and I began to pray at the three o'clock hour, which St. Faustina called the hour of mercy when Jesus was crucified. We began to set alarms on our phone and pray uh, the Divine Mercy Chaplet, which is the prayer that's on the back of that prayer card. So a few days into praying this, I, I get a call from my mom Honestly, I have no idea why I'm praying for mercy. I'm just praying for mercy because I know it's the Lord. Because he put that in my path. He taught me what it was. And I knew I was supposed to start praying it. Which I've continued to pray every day ever since. So a few days into praying the Divine Mercy Prayer, I get a call from my mom. And she asks me to pray for my stepdad, who um, was not doing well at all. Basically, to give a little backstory on my stepdad, his name was Kyle. And he and my mom got married when I was little. I was probably like five when they got married. And together they had uh, two girls, my two little sisters. Um, Basically, my mom and dad divorced when I was, I think, two. And then both my mom and dad remarried. And both my mom and dad, when they remarried, each had two girls. So I have four little sisters total. Um, but but my, my mom and my stepdad had two sisters that were raised with me, um, with my stepdad and my mom. And we had a really great childhood. Um... I look back on our childhood and I just feel so blessed by it because he was a really, really great dad to my little sisters and he always treated me just like them, just like I was his own. He always called me his biggest boogie-woogie. That 
was his nickname for me. I have lots of great memories of going camping with him and our family, going snow skiing. We had a a house on the river and we would go skiing all the time. He taught me how to ski. Uh, He was just a really great father figure and uh, always wanted to have fun, always making people laugh. And somewhere along the way, Alcohol began to get the better of him. He was always, uh, he always was just like a, a fun drinker. I don't know, I don't know the right term, but like he would, you know, when we would, when he would be hanging out and things, he would drink. And I I never saw it as a problem. But I do have a, a childhood memory. I remember one time my aunt was in from out of town and we had spent like the whole day, like me and my sisters, they were really little because I was young, um, preparing like a really good dinner. Like we were helping her cook and we set the table you know, we didn't normally do this. Like, it was kind of like a fancy thing. We set the table, and it was like a big deal, like, to, like, all sit down at the table and have dinner. And I remember my aunt telling me, like, she was aggravated because my my stepdad wasn't coming inside. Like, he was sitting on the porch. And I remember her telling me, he's not coming in, he's too drunk. Like, I remember her saying that. That was kind of like the first time I think I've heard the word drunk or I ever thought of him drinking in a negative light. Um, like, oh wow, he's gonna miss our dinner because he's drunk. Um, and the older I got, the more I began to realize it, but that was kind of my first memory with it. And it just gradually progressed to where he was just an alcoholic. And he never, um, he never was ugly or violent or anything like that. But his drinking just took control uh, of his life. And ultimately um, pushed my mom away. she just couldn't deal with it anymore. I think that we as children were kind of sheltered from a lot of it, but that, you know, my mom went through more than what we realized. Um, And so, when I was a junior in high school, my mom and Kyle divorced and my mom moved out with me and my two little sisters and 
And it just, everything kind of changed at that point for me. Uh, And Kyle's drinking, I would say, just uh, intensified. And ultimately, just long story short, from the time that my mom and he divorced when I was a junior... Uh, to the time that I like by the time I was an adult we had pretty much lost all contact with him he would still kind of talk to my sisters here and there and my mom like if he needed something Um, but honestly like I had no idea where he even was most of the time I didn't even have his phone number anymore um he had pretty much lost everything. He lost his house. He lost his job. He lost his family. Just a really sad, sad story. Um, he'd been to rehab many times. And uh, he'd burned a lot of bridges with family and um, I hadn't talked to him in years like I said I didn't even have his number anymore I I hadn't talked to him and I, I might have gotten like a random text like for my birthday here or there from a random number that was him but um really had no contact with him and about the time that I really started to grow in the Lord um, back around 2017 the Lord called me to do a 21 day fast and I was just laying in bed one night and I just sensed the Lord telling me to fast And I had never done a fast before. Like, this was kind of like a new thing to me. And so I remember waking up and watching a video on fasting by Miles Monroe. And I was like, I'll do it, Lord. And so that day, I began a 21-day juice fast where I only had juice. And I remember being afraid, like around like five days in thinking like I'm gonna die like this is scary you know uh, I'll never survive this you know fear just really began to set in Um, but I just pushed through and I felt the Lord sustaining me supernaturally even like the entire fast like not one person asked me like are you losing weight or anything like It was like he totally just sustained me. And I realized, you know, like around like day 17, you know, like when I would think about it, I'd be like, how is this even possible, Lord? Like how, like I I realized for me, just um, that he was my strength. And that fast really 
shifted something in me I would say um, in the supernatural realm I guess to put it when you fast it's basically like starving the flesh and feeding the spirit and there's a very real spirit realm the spirit world you know in Ephesians it says that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood but against rulers and authorities and cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And in this fast, I began to be able to see in the spirit realm. And I know that will sound kind of crazy and freaky, if it's something you're not used to, but uh, literally as I would pray, I could see the, the images, the faces of the demons that I was praying against. I could see them. And as I would see them, they looked like black and white, just still images. As I would see them, I would just declare the word of uh, the name of Jesus at them just over and over, just Jesus, Jesus, be gone in Jesus' name. And as I would do that, they would disappear. And it was like the Lord was showing me my power over the darkness through him who lives in me. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in this world. And there would be this supernatural thing that would happen because those like every image that I would see, it would just disappear from my mind. Like I would have no memory of them. So they couldn't, like it, it wasn't things that would stay in my mind. Like it would just disappear. Uh, so I could never be like haunted or anything by what I would see. But it was like the Lord teaching me spiritual warfare and, and the power of his name. And it actually released me from fear of the demonic realm. Because I saw the power that I have in the name of Jesus, in the word of God, the sword of the spirit. And so as this was happening with, um, with me, I one day got a phone call from my stepdad from a number I didn't know, and I answered it. And it was him, and I hadn't talked to him in years. This was about four years ago. And he was just at his wit's end. He um, had no money, nowhere to live. He got kicked out of a hotel. All of his stuff had been stolen. He was standing on the side of the road somewhere in Lake Charles and was just calling to see if I could pick him up. And... Um, Long story short, I ended up helping him during the course of a, of a couple of weeks to get into rehab. And my mom and my little sisters were helping. And, um, and he was just, I thought, kind of at a rock bottom. I think he's had, he had a lot of rock bottoms. <clears throat> but this was definitely a rock bottom. And as I would pray for him in this time, <clears throat> I would literally see the demons I was warring against. 
because it's not flesh and blood. You know, the devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And this addiction that was in his life was a fingerprint of the enemy, just destroying everything, everything he ever had. Um, was was just taken by this addiction. And so I was seeing the the visions of the of the demons as I would pray, you know, um, that were keep the ones that were keeping him in this destructive path. And I would pray against them. One morning during this time I was on my way to work and I was doing a voice recording on my phone just talking about the visions that I was seeing just because I was going to share it with a friend and how I was seeing these visions as I would pray for him and literally as I'm talking about that I'm talking about spiritual warfare and I say the word devil and my phone as I listened back to the recording I didn't hear this in the natural but as I listened back to the recording my phone picked up this audible growl it was so freaky this loud demonic growl and I shared that with many people because it was evidence of the spirit world you know a lot of people think this stuff sounds crazy but it's real and that actually to me was was evidence it was proof so, um, so I remember sharing that a lot just to show people, you know, that this is real. And so, so I was dealing kind of with a lot with that. Like I had that sound come on my phone. I was seeing the faces of the demons and the morning I went to bring him to the bus station to go to rehab, I was, um, just we were I was getting him some snacks he was making coffee he was about to get on the bus it was early in the morning before work before I had to go to work I was holding my son who was about two at the time and this man about my age approached me that I didn't know I didn't know who he was he came up and he said would it be all right if I prayed for y'all and I was thinking like wow this is so sweet yes sure I'm thinking like, this is such a God thing. Um, Well, we kind of gather in a little circle, him, my stepdad and me, and I'm holding my son. All of a sudden, this man begins to manifest like a demonic manifestation in the middle of the bus station in Lake Charles. He threw his head backwards. His eyes went back. And he started to, it was almost like he was choking, like he was doing all of these like weird throat sounds, like cackles and um, extremely crazy. Uh, And I knew it was demonic. It was, it was just like, it was so weird. And it's just like the Holy Spirit just like welled up in me in that moment. I remember my heart literally feeling like it was on fire and I just said I rebuke that in the name of Jesus and 
he, when I took authority over that, like he would not look at me in the eyes. He kept his head tilted back to get away from me and would not look at me. Um, it was very weird, but it, it's just, it just goes to show just the, the, the realness of the spirit world and the things that Kyle had had kind of opened the door to in his life had opened the door to, um, you know, there, there was just a lot of the, the powers of darkness keeping him chained down in this, uh, in this life. And, and I was seeing that manifesting itself, um, in the natural. So he goes to rehab. This was like four years ago. And I would hear from him now and then. I remember just praying for him a lot. I sent him a um, armor of God necklace while he was there. And um, I didn't talk to him a whole lot. Um, We didn't have like that strong of a relationship. Just, I mean because so many years went by like where I never even heard from him and it's kind of like you would you would hear from him when he just needed help and then once he got help then you kind of wouldn't hear from him from him again until he needed you again you know and so it's kind of how it was I think but um but every once in a while he would text kind of random but so about four years go by and I didn't even know that he moved back to Lake Charles until I got this call from my mom and she said, you know, um, Kyle's back in town. He's not doing good. You need to pray for him. And this is like kind of flash forwarding to, um, when I'm praying the divine mercy prayer, like this was April, 2021. So I've, I've already been praying the divine mercy and my mom asked me to pray for him so I call him and he's just crying on the phone like I call him it was like a Wednesday and I told him um he was wanting to go back to rehab and it was just it was just a cycle it's just how it how it was and I said you don't need rehab again like we don't need to do this again I said what you need is deliverance and I wasn't sure how he was going to take that, but he said yes. And so I told him, um, I said, I will arrange for that on Sunday at church. Because we had just recently had a deliverance pastor come preach at, our, at the church I was going to. And um, so I told him, I will get in contact with him. Like, we will pray for you. Um, Like, you need deliverance. And so he said, I will do it. I've got to get free. Um, I can't live like this anymore. And he was a believer. Like, he, he has a strong knowledge of the Bible. Um... And was he grew up as a child in church. He had accepted Christ a long time ago. Um, but like I said, he opened these doors 
um, in his life for the enemy to just have full access and so um, so that the plan was made I was going to pick him up for church on Sunday I had no idea where he was even living and so on Saturday I call him to remind him that I'm going to be there the next morning to pick him up and so when I call him Saturday he's like you know Brittany I can't I can't go I can't go I can't get out of bed I feel so sick I can't stop drinking I'm not eating I cannot stop drinking um and I'm like I will not take no for an answer. I said, I don't care if I have to carry you. Like, I am getting you out of bed and you are coming with me in the morning. Like, I was, like, saying, like, I will, like, you, you are coming. Like, I don't, I don't care how sick you are. Um, and so I knew Sunday morning might be a battle. Um, so Sunday morning comes and I get his address from my sister. He was renting a room with someone in Lake Charles and, um, I get his address. I have my divine mercy picture in my pocket. I have my Bible. I brought communion and I was going literally with the mindset that if I can't get him out of bed, like, if he is too sick, then I'm bringing deliverance to him. Like, I was planning to go and just declare the kingdom of God is at hand. And I was prepared to go cast out demons that morning if I had to. Like, if I couldn't get him to church. And so, I get to his house. Um, and his roommate meets me outside and he's kind of frazzled I'd never met him before and he just kept like I I introduced myself I'd never been there and I said I'm Kyle's daughter like I'm here to pick him up for church and he just kept telling me baby it's not good it's not good and I was like I know it's not good but he's coming to church this morning like I'm just kind of being like adamant with him and he just kept saying it's not good it's not good he said I'm waiting on my daughter to get here before we go inside and I'm not understanding why like why is your daughter coming what what's going on um and he was like, well, we can go in the living room, but, I, but I'm waiting on my daughter to get here. And he, he was obviously just very, like I said, blustered. And, um, and I said, well, I mean, if it's that bad, like, do we need to call an ambulance? And he says, oh, baby, they'll charge you for that. He said, you'd be better off just calling Johnson's. And I was like, Johnson's funeral home? And he said, oh, yeah, baby, he just passed away this morning. 
it's like I'm waiting on my daughter to get here before I call the the coroner or the police and all that because um, he found it that morning <laughs> dead and here I am standing in that living room with communion in my hand and with my Bible with my divine mercy picture ready to see him set free and he died that morning and I ran into his room I found him and he was laying on the floor it was as if he had like fallen his glasses were kind of tilted sideways off his face. And he had his armor of God necklace, the one that I'd given him. And his skin just looked like a gray color. And I lost it. I absolutely lost I began to try to raise him from the dead I began to pray over him in the name of Jesus I command these dry bones to live. I command life into these lungs right now. In Jesus' name, rise up. Rise up. Like, I wanted to see him raised from the dead. I felt stolen from. I felt like today was the day he was supposed to be set free. And the enemy killed him. That's what I was feeling. I mean, we had text groups, like with the family, like my sisters had started text groups with like extended, like cousins. And it was like, everyone was praying for Sunday. Like Sunday was the day. Everyone like just had this faith, like Kyle is gonna be set free on Sunday. And literally here we were Sunday morning and he's dead and I can't fathom it and as I'm kneeling next to his dead body my whole my whole body is shaking and honestly like I have no idea like is this the power of God on me or am I just a total shock he looked so skinny so frail, so uh, just just wasted away. And uh, the Holy Spirit took control of my mouth. I can pray in tongues. I can pray in tongues anytime I want to. But this time, as I prayed in tongues, I wasn't trying to pray. I felt like 
like my mouth was not even being controlled by me and I was just praying in the spirit and I have no idea what I was praying but I was just praying as the Holy Spirit prayed through me and the only way I can describe it is like how Romans 8 says we don't know how to pray as we ought but the spirit intercedes for us groanings too deep for words and he who searches the heart knows what is the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God whatever I was praying it was the will of God because he was praying straight through me and I felt overwhelmed and I was like what is this Lord? How could this happen right now? And I went outside and I sat down because I couldn't even stand. My legs were shaking so bad and I, I called my mom who lives in Hawaii now so we're on a different time zone so it was like middle of the night her time. She answers the phone. And I can't even speak. I'm like hyperventilating. I, I can't even breathe. And I'm just like, Mom, he's dead. And the first words out of her mouth was, baby, this was mercy. My mom had no idea that I had been praying the divine mercy prayer at three o'clock every day at that point, probably, probably for about 10 days. When she said, this is mercy, like it hit me. This is why I've been praying for mercy. I've been praying for mercy for him without even knowing it. And it's as if this peace just washed over me, as if you like poured water over my head. Like it was just the peace of God just washed, like whoo, like just this flow through my whole body. And I had this, this knowing. I was not stolen from that Jesus won and that he was in heaven and at the mercy of God was bigger and greater and higher than I could ever imagine 
and it's like I just I see Kyle like laying there like just sick and bound and I just see the Lord like orchestrating like I'm ready to bring him home pray for my mercy for him pray for my mercy And I think of the story of the prodigal son, how it's like, as soon as the son, like, turned to go toward the father, how the father's running after him. Like, that's our God. That's his mercy. That's his love. He never stops. The enemy did not win that day. (laughs) The mercy of God did. He is so rich in mercy. The Lord never ceases to amaze me. Um, After Kyle's funeral, I was able to share this story at the funeral and after the funeral we went to our campground in Lake Arthur where we always went um, it's like a family campground we went to as a family every summer and Kyle loved it there he loved the lake he loved to water ski and Um, So that's where we went to spread his ashes. And so me and my mom and my little sisters were walking along the the lake spreading his ashes. And as we got to the the end and we'd poured them all out, there was like this little coin. It looked like a coin. It was like this little flat piece of metal that the crematory puts with the ashes that like assigns a number to the person I guess just to keep keep like a record of who's who or whatever just a random number and my little sister like looked at the coin and she was like look at this she was like Kyle's number is 14314 that means I love you I love if you ever had a pager back in the day that's how you would say I love you 143 so it's like she knew this is one four three one four means I love you I love and I literally just I think I smiled the biggest smile I've ever smiled in that moment because that exact number one four three one four was like my passcode for everything like that was my password like to do anything on my TV, how you have to set parental controls or you have to enter a code to watch a movie or anything like that. My number is 14314. I love you. I love. And I was like, God, how do you even do this? Like it was like, it was like, beyond my ability to comprehend 
Like, this is not a coincidence. What are the odds of this? It's just showing his hand. And it's like, my final word over his life is, I love you. I love. He is a God so full of love. Higher than the highest heaven. That's how high your tender mercy extends. Greater than the grandeur of heaven. Above is the greatness of your loyal love. Towering over all who fear you and bow before you. I love you. I love. So I share that message today. In hope that you will just see the goodness of God. That you will just see just in this in this little story. How true he is to his word. Luke six thirty six. He says, Be merciful just as your father is merciful. Romans 9.15 where he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. Psalm 145.8 The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and great in loving kindness. Matthew 9, 13. Then he added, Now you should go and study the meaning of this this verse. I want you to show mercy, not just offer me a sacrifice. For I have come to invite the outcast of society and sinners, not those who think they are on the right path. Ephesians 2, 4. But God still loved us with such great love. He is so rich in compassion and mercy. Hebrews 4.16 Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I pray that this story brings his mercy to life in your heart and just shows you that he never stops he never stops pursuing he never like like he is totally the shepherd that leaves the 99 for the one human weakness fail to show mercy he never stops his mercy never ends his mercy extends to the highest heaven he is so merciful and I just see this this prayer for mercy that we prayed for Kyle, this prayer 
initiated by the Lord. Like he knew all of his days before he lived the first, he knew that was going to be Kyle's last day. It was already written. He knows our, our, our last day before, before we even are born. All of our days are numbered. He knew that would be Kyle's last day. He set it up. He set it up. I would be there that Sunday morning. Whatever prayers I prayed for him was the will of God. He set it up. The whole thing. The enemy did not win. Jesus won. Jesus' mercy, Jesus' mercy, that blood and that water that poured out from the cross. It's all because of Jesus. It's all because of Jesus. And all because of the cross. Okay, I'm gonna end with a prayer. Actually, I would like to end with a prayer. Um, the Divine Mercy Prayer. Eternal Father. I offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Amen.